Welcome to the Terminal Value Podcast, where we bring you business-focused interviews with thought leaders and executive decision-makers to deliver actionable information for founders, CEOs, and finance leaders to take your organization to the next level. I'm your host, Doug Atberg, and I'm looking forward to getting the conversation started. Welcome to the Terminal Value Podcast. We have Phil Johnson on the line with us today, and what we are going to be talking about is emotional intelligence for uh, executive decision makers. And the reason why this is kind of important, well, or the reason why this is really important is that in at the time of this recording, we are going through the great resignation and or the great reshuffle. And that there are a lot of people who are leaving their jobs and there are epic amounts of short of labor shortages. And nobody can really figure out why. And emotional intelligence, I think, is a piece of that puzzle. It may not be all of it, but it's a piece of it. And one of the things we were talking about in the pre-interview was how a number of companies, uh, Apple being the most notable, are really shifting its hiring and retention and promotion practices toward the idea of emotional intelligence. Uh, Phil, uh, please introduce yourself for a moment. Uh, Yeah, Doug, uh, pleasure to be on your show. I'm an executive coach focusing on the development of emotional intelligence within individuals and organizations. I've been uh, I've been doing this uh, for the last 21 years and working with executives and organizations um, all all over the world. Yeah. Yeah, outstanding. Well, and because I think the the thing that uh, kind of in our pre-interview that kind of stood out to me was you were talking about Apple using emotional intelligence for its recruiting and hiring processes. And that kind of speaks to me a little bit because um, in a, lo- a lot of times what will happen is, right, you'll see companies that will screen based on what's on your resume or that will screen based on some, you know, some sort of hard skills. Uh, but what emotional intelligence is really about to me is your ability to interact with other people and to figure things out. And you know, in most organizations, those are the only two things you really need to be able to get to be good at, um, you know, because, of course, all the other skills you can learn, all the, you know, most of the others, most of the hard skills you can learn if you need to, uh, most of the, you know, the product information, all that you can learn if you need to. But the things that are really hard to teach are playing nice with others. And all, and then also, you know, when you run into something that wasn't in a set of instructions or an ambiguous situation, figuring out a way through it. I don't know. Uh, yeah, tell me. Yeah, tell me if there's something I'm missing because there usually is. Well, uh, emotional intelligence is a skill that produces hard, measurable, quantifiable results. Uh huh. And um, unpack that a little more for us. Yeah, um, it's a critical part of our development that's missing. Yeah. Um, our educational system didn't provide it. And our employment system to this point hasn't provided it. And it's critically important because of the accelerating rate of change. Yeah. Uh, It's estimated by some scientists that in this century, we could experience the equivalent of 20,000 years worth of change. So change is increasing at an exponential rate. Mm -hmm. And we've got a 500 million year old brain that doesn't like change. So what actually happens is um, whenever we take an action that moves us outside of our comfort zone, uh, there's a part of our brain called the amygdala that doesn't want us to do that. So it creates, it secretes a hormone into our bloodstream called cortisol. 
And that causes the exact, our prefrontal cortex to shut off. And we typically go into some type of fight, flight, or freeze mode. Yeah. And when that happens in conflict situations, people die. And when it happens in business or personal situations, relationships die, we burn trust. Um, and it leads to drama, chaos, and conflict. So as an analogy, if you think of your amygdala as a very frightened four-year-old child, yeah. the development of our emotional intelligence acts like a big brother or a big sister to quiet the amygdala response down and better enable us to feel the anxiety that change and innovation always creates in us and move through it towards the vision of our desired results, as opposed to allowing that anxiety to control us. Uh-huh. So I, I think that's, um, that th there's a lot of very profound things you just said. So I'd like to yes, start, uh, I'd like to, I'd like to address a few of them uh, sure. because like, for example, one thing that, uh, that I keep thinking of is that, um, you know, when, you know, as you said, when you're going through a lot of change, it's really easy to look back and say, oh, well, I should have X if only I had Y, you know, there, there's a, you know, it's very easy to run, to get, to fall into that look back fallacy trap, yeah. uh, you know, and of course, hindsight's always 2020, 20, uh, you know, and there can be very good reasons why you made decisions you did. And oh, sometimes people just make bad decisions. You know, that's, I think that that's the thing is that's not something, that's not something you can let cripple you, but I think it's, you know, if you're not aware of it, it's really easy to kind of fall into some of those, uh, I call them psychological traps. Uh, uh, sorry, the, uh, earlier this morning, I had been, I, I was reading articles on the 12 Jungian archetypes. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm getting a little nerdy on us today. So what actually happened? See, the only time we can make a decision, the only time we can, we can take an action that will generate a results is in this moment. Yeah, the past doesn't exist and the future will never exist. The future, when it arrives, will be the present moment. Mm -hmm. So we share this present moment with everybody on the planet and how we behave in this moment will determine our behavior and determine our results. And that's a direct reflection of our level of emotional intelligence. Um, when we're being motivated by our fears, yeah. we tend to become more resistive, more judgmental, and more attached to outcome. And so we tend to retract into our, into our comfort zone, which is the opposite of change, which is the opposite of growth. As we learn to become more emotionally intelligent, as we do the emotional labor required to develop our emotional intelligence, we're, we're more able to move outside of our comfort zone and move through the anxiety that that creates towards what it is we're trying to achieve. You see, most people are actually trapped by their, by their fear, by their ego-based fear. Yeah. And they rationalize it. They tell themselves rational lies to justify staying in their comfort zone. And when that happens, you see, if, if somebody's unwilling to move out of their comfort zone, the only way they have, the only alternative they have to try and generate better results is to try and control and manipulate everybody else to get them to change. And unfortunately, that's the way most of us have been behaving for a very, very long time. We've been relying on position-based power to control and manipulate others 
um, as opposed to being willing to do the emotional labor of changing ourselves. Well, and uh, so I think, uh, again, they're, you know, just uh, profound statements are being, uh, you know, it, I, I was going to say, it's like, uh, it's like dealing out a deck of cards. They're just, uh, you know, the, the face cards are just flying off the top of the deck here. Uh, there's a couple of things you said that I'd like to explore a little more. Uh, number one is you were talking about attachment to outcomes, because that right there is uh, descriptive of almost every corporate evaluation hierarchy I've ever seen, which is that, <laughs> Uh, which is basically that good outcomes get rewarded irregardless of whether or not the person who, you know, the person who is in charge had anything to do with it and bad, out bad outcomes get punished irregardless of whether it was the real responsibility of the person who it was attached to. And so what ends up happening then is you end up having an internal political shuffle for people to try to maneuver themselves to the ships that are already headed in the right direction so they can try to take credit for the movement. What you're describing is an example of a toxic environment created by people being motivated by fear. Yeah. Um, it's the opposite of emotional it's Descriptive of every place I've ever worked. <laughs> yes, yes, but you know, Doug, you're, you're absolutely correct. But what you're describing, if you take a step back, what you're describing is the scope of the problem, the scope of the challenge yeah. that that we face on a global basis. We are terrible at embracing change. I mean, the pandemic is just a very small example of how yeah. bad we are at change. And we've got, a, we've got a tsunami of change coming at us that's going to make this pandemic look like nothing. Uh -huh. We're dealing with huge challenges. Uh, CRISPR-Cas9 gene editing technology, climate change, artificial intelligence, other yeah. pandemics, a myriad of things that are going to require us to change our trajectory as a species. It's not, and, and develop our emotional intelligence to be able to deal with the anxiety that that will create in us. Yeah. Um, well, well, and because there's uh, th there's a little bit of th there's an idea that I want to unpack that you that uh, that you just uh, that you just let go uh, or that you just released, and you know because one of the things that I've kind of noticed, especially from the pandemic, you know, is that a you know uh, you know kind of in the in the before times, right? Yeah, kind of in the 2019 and before world, there was sort of this notion that okay, what you the, the objective of life is to accumulate a whole lot of financial resources so that you can have security. Well, when, when you're in a pandemic world and supply chains are constrained and everything's locked down, uh, money only gets you so much. <laughs> it, it, you know, there's, there, there ends up being a very near finite limit to what you're able to buy. And after that, uh, after a disturbingly low threshold, money doesn't really get you all that all, all that much else because you know you can't really go anywhere. <laughs> you know, there's there's a limit to how much you can do. There's a limit to how much you can buy. There's a limit to how much you can socially interact, and so you're kind of stuck dealing with the inside of your own head, more or less, regardless of what your position in life is. I don't know. Let, let, let me know if that's if that resonates or if I'm if, if I'm taking a few too many intuitive leaps. Let me, uh, uh, great comment. Uh, let me uh, make another profound statement and then kind of explain it. 
uh, money has no value. Money is a, simply a placeholder. Well, okay, okay. Um, so you're going to have to really unpack that because I'm a finance I will, guy. I will. So, I so will. you're going to you're going to have to. I go. You, you've just. Uh, I go. Yeah. No. I've. Uh, you, you're you're going to have to unpack that for me a little more. <laughs> Not a problem. Uh, money was actually created as a way of moving wealth around. Money is different from wealth, um, and I'll give you an example in a minute. But whether it's paper or shiny beads, rocks. Um, or digital currency, the real value of money is to attract wealth. And your greatest wealth as an individual or an organization is your level of emotional intelligence, your level of consciousness. So let me give you an example. Let's yeah. say you and I are neighbors and we uh -huh. live in the country and you grow potatoes. Yep. And I live across the road and I make pianos. Before the advent of currency or money, if I wanted some of your potatoes, I had to try and convince you to take one of my pianos. That's if you a, didn't want to do yeah. that, I, I was going to start. There's so a maybe, lot of transactional friction there. Well, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of fear. Um, so maybe you didn't want to take one of my pianos, but Susie down the road did, and she gave me some shiny beads. And I came back and gave those shiny beads to you, and you gave me some potatoes, and voila, an economy is born. Yeah. So the real purpose of money, money should never be the focus of anything because it has no value. Yeah. Money is the result of providing service to others. And the best way to provide service to others is to learn to become less resistive, to lower your walls and become less resistive, less judgmental, and less attached to outcome. And I'll show you this in a real world example. The way Apple became a trillion dollar a year company, if you've walked into an Apple store, yeah. the energy you feel is an example of a more emotionally intelligent environment. It's much more, it's much more enabling, it's much more friendly than the yeah. stores around it. So when you go in there, they're not trying to sell you anything. They're trying to understand your pain and they're trying to be of service. Whether or not you buy anything is secondary to their desire to want to serve you. Yeah. And maybe if you have a good experience, you'll go tell your friends and maybe they'll tell their friends. <clears throat> yeah. um, so if you're in sales and we're all in sales, our oh, well, uh, yeah, I was <clears throat> I was going to say uh, the uh, there was the line I read a little while ago that I uh, uh, that I thought was great. You know, it said it said there are 10,000 different ways to make money and all of them involve selling. <laughs> we're always we're always selling or being sold. Um, and in my career, I've generated over a billion and a half dollars. Um, it's, I was going to say, I forget what I was going to say. All right. <laughs> the, the, it's, it's the service you provide, <clears throat> the level of trustability you demonstrate in providing the service is going to create the kind of deep relationships that you want to, that, that are going to generate more revenue. You're actually going to generate, by developing your emotional intelligence, you're actually going to generate far more revenue with much less effort 
and you're going to have a lot more fun doing it. Uh huh. But what you talked about earlier is really we're we're at a tipping point as a species on the planet. Um, we need to change our trajectory in order yeah. to be able to embrace change, or we're going to be overcome by the accelerating rate of global change. Uh-huh. So the development of our emotional intelligence isn't a solution to the challenges we face. It's the only solution to the challenges we face. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, and because like one of the things that I think about uh, just, you know, kind of for my situation is so, um, so, you know, on April 20th of 2020, uh, I was actually, uh, I I was let go from my corporate job uh, because my, my boss had moved out, new chief information officer came in and he got rid of all the people who were in the old guys inner circle, which is endemic of the, you know, kind of toxic behavior that you're talking about, but ultimately it is what it is, you know, uh, and I had to do a lot of, a uh, lot of, kind of internal reflection to say, okay, you know, I'm kind of floating out in the sea of 25 million other people who have just been separated right now, trying to figure out what next steps look like. Well, and in a traditional corporate hierarchy, you're looking at two to five years anywhere you go to prove yourself before you have a, you really have a shot to ascend. Um, you know, and of course, this is all of because, and you know, this is a part of my personal maturation is going through, okay, is the objective to ascend? Well, what's the objective to ascend? The objective to ascend in a corporate hierarchy is so that you can exercise power behind a wall of safety uh, in the form of your salary by a third party entity. And so as I was really examining that, I was, I was thinking, okay, is this really what I want the remainder of my life to be about? And of course, obviously I started this podcast. I have a, I started a consulting business. So the answer is no. Um, and, but I think more and more people will be coming to that realization and, or the people who are, who are really successful in executive leadership positions, I think will need to become more mindful of this because what we're experiencing right now, I think is the ultimate unraveling of, as, as you said, you know, of the power hierarchy paradigm, you know, because- can, can I jump it, in and make another yes, profound yes, statement? please do. I noticed from your LinkedIn profile that you have some military officer training. Yes, yeah. I, um, and actually I, I'm, I'm, I'm on another podcast later today that's focused on, on, on the military. Oh, um, excellent. And part of what I'm going to be telling them is what I'm going to tell you now. Um, you don't want to try and fit in. You want to stand out. You've had some excellent training in emotional intelligence in doing the emotional labor of learning to deal with your fear in high stakes situations. You've learned the value of teamwork and the oxytocin that chemically that gets released in our brains when we're working with, with people we trust and to trust us. Yeah. Um, you've learned how to adapt and change rapidly. These are skills that organizations do not have. They do not have the type of emotional intelligence training mm-hmm. that you've, you've received. So the goal shouldn't be to try and fit in. The goal should be to stand out and demonstrate your leadership. 
Yeah. Because that's really what we all need. We don't need more people to conform. We don't need more people to fit in. We need people to stand out and lead us, inspire us through their example. Well, and, uh, and, and further, I would say, because in, you know, in a lot of cases, right, when you are attached to the idea of trying to ascend within a, a power hierarchy, conformity becomes necessary. And so, so then the question becomes, okay, well, how, uh, you know, if you, you know, in order to be an effective leader, you need to maintain independence, but in order to ascend, you need to conform. And so how do you maintain that balance between those two kind of competing priorities, you know, because in order to get to a point where you're in charge and can have an extended impact, if you have conformed so much along the way that you're another soulless corporate robot, you, you, you know, then, you know, and again, I'm not calling anybody listening to this podcast soulless corporate robots. In fact, the reason you're listening is because that's not your objective, but that's the system you're fighting against is that your people who want to be, who want to put soul in the game are fighting against that system. I've worked with executives all over the world running multi-billion dollar companies with thousands of employees and Harvard MBAs and PhDs. And I can tell you, a lot of the folks at the top are really scratching their head and they're looking for leadership from below. They're looking, what got them to where they are won't get them to where they need to be in this rapid and accelerating world in which we live. Yeah. So whether it's through M&A or whether it's through buying other smaller companies, they're looking for help. They're not looking for conformity because the way of the way we've been doing business will not survive. We need to change our trajectory. We need to change the way we do business. We need to be able to develop deeper relationships and we need people within our organization to lead us, to inspire us, to show us how to do that. So you don't want to follow a system that's crumbling. You want to lead in the development of a new kind of organization that values trustability and emotional intelligence that's developing emotional intelligence because that is the greatest source of earning power yeah either as an individual or as an organization yeah i i don't know that it's possible for me to agree more uh, well, let's see. So I think we're uh, we're actually starting to get close on time. Uh, so give us just a couple of a uh, couple last uh, uh, last thoughts, last ideas, you know, ideas people can put into motion right away. And then, of course, we'll make sure that everybody learns where they can uh, can subscribe to your newsletter or learn learn a little more about you. The best the best advice I can give anybody, and I do give anybody, is. Um, to develop their emotional intelligence, to begin getting on the path to developing their emotional intelligence. The ROI in making that investment is huge and it keeps getting greater and greater and greater. There are executives I've been working with for over 12 years because the ROI keeps getting greater and greater. Um, They can reach me they can get on my calendar through my LinkedIn profile. Okay. And I, w- I would be happy to, uh, to meet with them and uh, discuss the journey further. But I would say that the greatest 
the greatest the, the greatest source of earning power is your emotional intelligence. If you uh, want to build a strong career and you want to build a strong organization, that's the way to do it. Got it. Okay. And uh, what's the, <clears throat> so you said your LinkedIn profile. So that would be do a search for Phil Johnson. Uh, is there a website that you'd like to send people to also? Not really. I, I, there is a website and there's a lot of information on the website, but the, the, uh, the best way to start is to have a, have a conversation with me. Excellent. Well, good. Okay. In that case, go to LinkedIn and do a search for Phil Johnson. Uh, Phil, it was wonderful to talk to you today. Thank you, Doug. I appreciate the opportunity to be on your show. All right, everybody have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Terminal Value Podcast. Share it with your friends by sending them to terminalvaluepodcast.com. For more information, please visit businessoflifellc.com for full access to Doug's products and services. All rights reserved. No part of this broadcast may be produced in any form by any means without written permission from Business of Life, LLC. All trademarks and brands referred to herein are the property of their respective owners.